Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Lamborghini Super Trofeo North America on IMSA Radio. On IMSA Radio. Welcome, everyone, to the National Park of Speed, Road America in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. 284, that's the number that's important. 284 days since many of the drivers in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo North American Championship have turned a wheel in anger in motorsports. Thanks to everyone at IMSA and Lamborghini for getting us back on track, literally, at one of the most competitive racetracks you'll find in anywhere in North America. Elkhart Lake, just about an hour and a half north of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, four miles in length and one of the most challenging circuits you'll face as a driver. Some great passing zones, turn one, turn five, turn eight, heavy braking for Canada Corner, and one of the most infamous corners in all of North America road racing, the kink down the back straightaway taken almost flat out or flat out in just about any sports car you'll drive around this great racetrack welcome in everyone finally getting underway with the 2020 season for lamborghini super trofeo i'm brian till joining me today jeremy shaw sports car expert we'll call him a historian as well and jeremy the racetracks in north america don't get any better than this and look at the weather we've got today uh, yes, it's absolutely picture perfect at Road America. And by the way, Brian, that, that ain't a kink. It's a corner. I mean, <laughs> it is flat out through that uh, the bottom of the Kettle Moraine section there. Uh, the, these cars are reaching uh, over 170 miles an hour. It's a fabulous racetrack. And look, the, the pictures just tell the story. It is absolutely superb for ready-to-go racing to begin this Lamborghini Super Trofeo season. See the fans on hand, and that's a great thing to see, too. As I said, the series working very diligently to not only get the teams, the cars, and the drivers back to the racetrack, but finding a way, too, to get the fans back to the racetrack. Because I know we've all been sequestered sitting around and not being able to watch motorsports. Well, now we can not only watch it, but we get to go to the racetrack as well. Lamborghini, one of the most popular one-make series throughout the world. We've got a field for you today. It's not the biggest we've seen, but Jeremy, it is very deep with talent. Take us through the grid. Yeah, there's only 12 cars for the grid today, but as you say, lots of talent. There's four classes of, of, of in, in this race, everybody's running the same car. The, it's the Lamborghini Huracan Super Trofeo Evo, but four different categories of drivers. We've got pro drivers, we've got pro-am drivers, we've got am drivers, and we've got the LB Cup, which is for drivers new to racing. Starting on the starting grid there, in the 12th position is Sydney McKee, making her debut for a prestige performance in car number 87. Alongside her, a veteran of the series for change racing in car number 36, is Matt Dickin. Row 5 of the grid, a, a newcomer to the sport, not just Lamborghini, for U.S. Race Tronics in car number 33 is John Hennessy. Along, alongside him, the pole sitter in LB Cup in car number 03 for change racing is Randy Saleri. Row 4 of the grid, Leo Lamellis also making his debut for U.S. Race Tronics in car number 24. Alongside him, another deputant for change racing in car number 29 from Puerto Rico is Victor Gomez IV. Row 3 of the grid is a pro-am car of Ashton Harrison for prestige performance Wayne Taylor racing in car number 25. Alongside the car number 46, that's Brandon 
Kadovic for Precision Performance Motorsports. The pole sitter in Pro-Am starts in the fourth position on the grid. He is a three-time series champion. That's Corey Lewis in car number 63 for Change Racing. Alongside him, a youngster from the UK, a Lamborghini young driver for Prestige Performance, Wayne Taylor Racing car number one, is Stuart Middleton. Onto the front row of the grid, 17-year-old Stephen Agacani in car number six for US Race Tronics will start in second position. And on the pole, for the second time in his career in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo from Utah for change racing in car number 16 is Madison Snow. You look up and down this racetrack, the long straightaways, the tight corners at the end. And for a lot of European drivers, they say this reminds them of a European circuit. Very fast, very flowing, very smooth. But don't let the picturesque nature of this racetrack fool you. If you get it wrong, it will bite and bite indeed. That's the exit of turn seven, looking back up the, the straightaway towards turn six. And this is down the front straightaway. You're looking from turn one back down the front straight. That's where the flagman is. You see him up on the right. And that's where we'll see the green flag for today's action. Jeremy, you talk about the young drivers in this series. I think at one point in time, the Lamborghini Super Trofeo series was viewed as somewhat of a gentleman series, but that's just not the case today. You look at some of the young drivers here using it as a stepping stone to move up into some of the higher categories, the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series, the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, or even other series beyond that. And other former champions, you look at Brian Sellers and Madison Snow, champions in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, stepping over into Lamborghini to come run this series again. That's how good this series is. It's how good these cars are. Yeah, it, 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 it is great. It's, it's super to see that there's a transition, as you say, from the gentleman drivers to more career-minded drivers. Jacob Edson, a youngster from Littleton, Colorado, he's 25 years of age now. He's a former winner of the, uh, the Porsche GT3 Cup Championship, made the move into Lamborghinis last year, dominated the Pro-Am division. He's now one, a driver that's very much on the Lamborghini radar screen for, for future endeavors in the sport. Likewise, Stuart Middleton, just 20 years of age, from Ashington in the north of England. He is a young Lamborghini young driver. He started off his, his career racing Janettas in England. He was uh, he's also a winner of the the uh, GT4 championship in the UK. And as a result of that, he got an opportunity to drive in the Rolex 24 last a couple of years ago with the wheel and engineering Cadillac team. So he's a youngster very much on the move, upward upward bound in this sport of auto racing. Well, and now the field's heading out behind the pace car. And when we talk about this being a serious racetrack and serious race cars, if you look at data from these cars, you'll find that at least three times, if not four, I'll count them here. There's one, two, three, three times around this racetrack. The cars are well over 150 miles an hour. Fastest straightaway on this racetrack is into the braking zone for turn five, the cars are heading through turn three right now. They'll approach 150 miles an hour into this corner. And then as they come out of this corner and head down the back straight down towards turn five, they'll reach 170 miles an hour before the braking zone in turn five down to second gear to get through that corner. And that's where you're going to see a lot of passing happen today. But like I said, very, very sophisticated race cars. Very sophisticated downforce as well. 168 up the front straightaway, 170 down into turn five. 
and then down into Canada corner after going through the kink, you get to 165 mile an hour there. So with the downforce that these cars have, the anti-lock braking systems, the traction control and the horsepower, they're very, very serious cars. And I think the thing that's neat about that too, Jeremy, and you alluded, alluded to it earlier, it doesn't matter which class you're in. Every one of these drivers has the same Lamborghini underneath them. And so they're going to have to deal with that horsepower, those aerodynamics and that braking capability. Uh, and these are these are brutes of cars. I mean, they are seriously quick. Uh, they they have uh, well in excess of 650 horsepower. They are a real challenge, even for the best of drivers and for for newcomers coming into the sport. People, for example, like John Hennessy, who's driving car number 33. You'll start a little bit down the order, but this is his first ever professional race. He only started racing at all last year. He did some BMW. Uh, E36 races kind of locally on the West Coast, but uh, this is a completely different level for him, and he's done well in his first qualifying session. Well, that, and what about Sidney McKee, who has run a couple of higher-level professional races, but now she's going to step into this car on this racetrack at these speeds and run it for the entire series, and she's out there with other drivers who have a tremendous amount of experience. That's jumping into the deep end because the vast majority of her motorsports experience is in spec Miata. That's right. In fact, as a, as a high school school project, uh, Sydney, who's now she's only 22 years of age, by the way, from Birmingham, Alabama. Her high school school project was to build a spec Miata uh, from the ground up, which is a pretty cool experience for a, for a youngster. But as you say, this is a completely different animal that she is faced with this afternoon. I think she'll get it sorted out. She's a junior at Brown University with a double major in engineering and economics. So <laughs> obviously she's smart enough to figure this out. It's just a matter of experience. And in her own words, listening to an interview that she did the other day, she talks about the fact that it's whittling down the reaction time that you have to get things done. When you think about it, you're closing in on 200 miles an hour, which is a football field per second when you're hurtling down that straightaway at 170 miles an hour and you don't have a lot of time to make decisions a tenth of a second is many many feet on the racetrack field lined up now getting ready to go the number 16 snow on the pole six outside and it is a long pull up to the green flag once the green flag waves here in lamborghini super trofeo action you go racing you can make those passes on the original start and this is a good tiny tidy start Lined up very, very well, looking for the flagman, which is hard to see when you come up that hill under the Henry Bridge. And now snow on it, a good jump here at the start. That was a really good jump, was it, from Madison Snow? Just using his experience there uh, and the battle for second place there with Stephen Agacani, the youngster, defending in the middle of the road going into turn one. And he maintains that position ahead of Stuart Middleton. I think Stephen Agacani just really burst onto the scene last year in this series. Very young, 16 years old last year, so he's grown up a lot. He's now 17. And you look at that maturity level behind the wheel of one of these 650-plus horsepower machines, very impressive stuff. But it's the experience of Madison Snow right now with that good jump leading down to turn five. Great jump by Madison, and it's battle here a little further back down the order. But uh, some defending positions going on into turn five. Nice clean for the opening lap. I hope I, I hope I can say that without jinxing anybody. <laughs> but uh, you know, for Stephen Argacani, as you say, last year he was too young to compete in the first race of the season, uh, so he missed the first weekend and was super impressive for the rest of the year. Ended up missing out on the AM Championship by just a single point at the final round. 
Brandon Godovic now on a charge, fourth in the order right now, and that black and red Lamborghini of Palm Beach. He'll do this race solo as a pro driver. He can do it by himself, and so his pit stop is going to be a little bit different. He's going to have to sit for another three seconds on pit lane for his pit stop, but uh, he's going to be tired at the end of this. This is a long way around, 50 minutes around Road America, and one of these beasts will really... Uh, take it out of you. And right now, Madison Snow leading the field down to Canada Corner. Good, clean opening lap. That's really good to see. And that, that's, that. yeah, Madison Snow, he pulled out, what, maybe eight, ten car lengths on the first couple of corners. But now, Stephen Agacani is hanging right there in, in there, and he's, he's up to pace of the leaders right away. And the top three, four, not much to choose between them. About 80 degrees today in Elkhart Lake. Beautiful sunny day. That's going to give the racetrack some good track temperature. It's going to help the tires get up to temperature and pressure rel relatively quickly. And with a four-mile lap, you can get through those corners and start to build some pressure. But this is the problem right here. These long straightaways let the temperature cool back down. So probably take two good hard laps before you've got that temperature that's going to stay with you for an entire lap. But impressed with the driving here, this opening lap, Jeremy, we've seen some great side-by-side -side action already. Yeah, it's been good. Hasn't it? It's been nice and clean, too. This is where you want to start off a season. This is a, a super-fast racetrack. It's, uh, there's 12 races in the championship, so you can easily throw away your championship hopes by making a mistake early in the first race. No one has done that. That's good to see. And it's Madison Snow who leads, but Stephen Agacani, he's into his stride as well. The youngster, well, they're both. I, I still consider both of them youngsters. I mean, <laughs> Madison Snow seems to have been around this sport an awful long time. It's hard to believe he's still only 24 years of age. You think about the Snow family, both his mother and father raced and won. They won the 12 hours of Sebring a while back in their class. And so racing is certainly in the blood. Madison Snow, McKay Snow, Melanie, their dad. And right now, it may have been 284 days since they last turned a wheel in Lamborghini Super Trofeo action. But these drivers have not lost a step. Round one of the 2020 season sounds strange to say it here in August. But it's underway from Road America. Madison Snow still out in front, accustomed to winning in a Lamborghini. Not only in Lamborghini Super Trofeo action, but in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. He's out in front right now, leaving leading Stephen Agakani, easy for me to say. Then Middleton and Godovic, that's the top four, and it's the top four in the pro category. That's the way they run. Corey Lewis leading a pro-am in the 63, running fifth on track right now. And that, that car for Corey Lewis, car number 63, he will be co-driving that car with McKay Snow. Yes, that is the younger brother of Madison who leads this race. And for, for Corey Lewis, massive amount of experience. He's a three-time series champion here in Lamborghini Super Trofeo. He's had a great year also. He won the opening round of the season at in the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Uh, and in the... Michelin Pilot Challenge Series last weekend here at Road America emerged victorious as well, driving then in a McLaren. That's not a bad vacation. Come up to Road America, run, win, hang out for a few days, run again. <laughs> it's a good way to spend your summer, Jeremy. Uh, not too bad. I don't think he's complaining. <laughs> I don't think anybody's complaining too much. Uh, certainly, uh, these are these are strange times, aren't they? Right now, with the uh, with the pandemic going on all around us, but it is great to see uh, racing back again at the premier circuit in, in North America and even the world now, and also to have some fans here on site at Road America as well. 
Well, I think Corey Lewis, if Corey Lewis and McKay Snow stay partnered up all year long, that's going to be a serious, serious duo to try to beat to win this championship. But other good pairings as well, when you look there in the 25 car, Andrea Amici and Ashton Harrison. Harrison, very impressive last year. And you look at the finish that she and Stephanie Simo had here at Road America. They were second in the second race here. And for Amici, looking back to 2019, two wins here when they came to Road America. So Andrea Amici, who she'll hand over to and run with all season long, certainly experienced at this racetrack. And so they may very well take the fight to the 63, but don't count out the 24 as well. Leo Lamellis is going to be running by himself in the 24 car, I believe. Yes, he is. Uh, from Brazil is Leo Lamellas, and he's stepping up into the Lamborghinis after racing the last couple of seasons in the IMSA, in the IMSA uh, Prototype Challenge Series, the LMP3 cars. Uh, he's, his goal is to be, like many of these drivers, is to be racing in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, or certainly at the top level of sports car racing. And uh, he's he sees this as a good opportunity. Lamborghini uh, has a, a, a storied history in this sport, and he feels that by aligning himself with a manufacturer, it's going to give him opportunities down the road. But for Leo Lamelas in that number 24 car uh, from Brazil, uh, he's only tested this car once uh, prior to this race weekend, and that was way back in February at Bill Button Willow Raceway Park in California. So uh, he has very, very little, very, very little experience, and he is looking to gain on that experience this weekend and just use that experience hopefully to better effect tomorrow. Right now, Stuart uh, Middleton, I should say, my apologies, in that black number one. This is the battle for third. That's third, fourth, and fifth on the racetrack. Middleton in that black number one, then Godovic, then Corey Lewis. And we always say, Jeremy, you've got to be very, very aware. Corey Lewis certainly is. While he's racing these other drivers on track, they're not racing for the win in the class. So Corey Lewis needs to be confident with where he sits right now on the racetrack and not try to throw anything away. If he makes a move that uh, is a little too risky, McKay Snow may not have a car to get into, and that would be a shame because right now they're leading their Pro-Am category. So you've got to know not only who you're racing with, but where you are in the different classes. Yeah, you're, you're, very good point. And, you know, it is, as we said, it's just it's the it's championship that everybody is seeking at the end of the season. And uh, you, you just want to get good points under your belt in the first race and then build from there. But it's, it's awfully difficult if you dig a hole at the opening part of the season. You've got to work your way back into contention from there. It's, it's really, really difficult. So good solid points is really what you want from this opening race. And it's been a nice clean opening start, but you know, still a long, long way to go. It's, this is a 50 minute race and there is a mandatory pit stop that all of the cars have to make at some stage during this race. Right now, Madison Snow still out in front in that beautiful number 16, the white Lamborghini that leads this field right now from Change Racing and Lamborghini of Charlotte. The running of the Bulls, we've finally gotten it underway in 2020 from Road America. Steven Agacani trying to hold on to the back of that white number 16 Lamborghini as Madison Snow dives into turn one. Still have a long way to go, though, and you really want to make sure that you conserve some tire. You've got to be able to give your teammate a car that they can go do battle with. And speaking of battle, that 
third, fourth, and fifth still staying tight. We talked about Corey Lewis being there, leading in the Pro-Am category, the last of the three cars in your shot right there, the black and red number 63. Leading in the Pro-Am category, Lamborghini of Charlotte from Change Racing. All of these teams, all of these cars represent a dealer program somewhere in North America and Change Racing represented by Lamborghini of Charlotte. And the the Change Racing team in that uh, the car that's leading the race right now, they've already won uh, three overall championships over the course of the last uh, four or five years. So they know how to win championships, uh, as do their drivers, Madison Snow and Brian Sellers, who will be sharing that number 16 car in this 50-minute race. The pit stops, they have to be made any time between after 20 minutes into the race and before 20 minutes from the end of the race. There's a 30-minute window in the middle there where they have to make, uh, the, make those pit stops happen. My math isn't too good. Ten minute, make that a 10-minute window in the middle of the race where they have to make that mandatory well, pit I, stop. I, I wasn't going to correct you. Because <laughs> I was trying to do the math in my head, and I'm like, I don't think that's right, but I didn't want to throw anything out there because I was too afraid of being wrong. So you see how that goes. I left you out there floating, Jeremy. I apologize. No worries. I, I, at least I did spot the error and was able to get it in there. But you know, those pit stops are going to be crucial. When do you make that pit stop? Do you, some of these some of these cars that are running out now uh, are running with solo drivers. Others have two two drivers uh, sharing that car. So you know, if you're if you're driving solo in this race, uh, and the first of the of the cars in this field that's driving solo would be Brandon Godovic in car number 46, running in the fourth position, he will remain at the wheel of that car during the pit stops. So he will then go out again uh, with with everything as it is right now. And that's kind of, a, that's a bit of an advantage to be able to do that because he knows the track positions. He knows how his car is working. There's no tire changes, no fuel uh, fuel top-ups or anything like that. It's simply the driver changes. Or if you're driving solo, as per Brandon Godovic, you just come in, you have to wait. There's a minimum pit stop time, and then you go again. Uh, and in order to offset that disadvantage that the two two car driver teams have, because the driver who goes out doesn't know the track conditions, doesn't really know how the car is handling, the single drivers, the solo drivers, their pit stop has to be a minimum of three seconds longer than for the paired up drivers. The problem for one of the competitors. Yeah, I think you're right. Not exactly sure where that is, but McKee off the track. You see the lights on. She's gotten the car refired. But remember, not a lot of experience in these cars. They're pretty technical. Just getting one refired and getting it in gear to pull away can be an issue. It's not that MX-5 cup car that you have with the H-pattern gearbox. So back underway, I believe that was at the exit of turn three by looking at the Chargento Bridge. She gets back down the straightaway towards turn five. It was yep, impressive. So she's doing a real nice job there, Jeremy, kind of hanging with the rest of the field in the LB Cup category, but a little problem there, and it's not hard to do at the exit of turn three to drop a wheel and have the car spin back to driver's right. Meanwhile, no problems at all from Madison Snow out in front in a Lamborghini, a place that he's accustomed to being. Big question from Road America in round one of Lamborghini Super Trofeo is, can Steven Agacani close down before the pit stops 
on Madison Snow, who leads and has led since the drop of the green here at Road America on the stop. Aga Kani will hand over to Jacob Edson, who was so impressive last year. He and his teammate Damon Oki, they won 11 of 12 races in the Pro-Am category, and Jacob was just another one of those drivers that opened a lot of people's eyes. So Aga Kani has a pretty good teammate that he's going to hand it over to. But guess what? So does Madison Snow, Jeremy. It certainly does, yeah, with uh, with Brian Sellers due to, to take over the wheel of that number 16 car. Um, um, of course, for, for Brian Sellers, you know, he's used to driving a Lamborghini uh, Huracan GT3 car, but the the car that's used in the Super Travail series is quite different than the car that he generally drives for Paul Miller Racing in the, in, in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And uh, uh, you know, he and Madison Snow have won the championship in that car. But the, the Super Travail car, it's, it's got less aerodynamics than the le- lesser aerodynamic downforce than the GTD car, but it has a little bit straight line quite a bit straight line speed. The braking points are quite different in these cars compared to the usual Matt Dickin, John Hennessy having a go of it in LB Cup as they come through turn seven, down to eight, the 33 of Hennessy, that black and gold car looking, 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 trying to get past Dickin. Nothing doing there. And that's one of those heavy braking zones. And now into the carousel, you build that speed through the carousel. Not at all uncommon to get a little understeer, a little wash through here, but you want a good run out of the carousel. And you want a chance to take a breath because this corner right here, this right-hand bend, the kink, one of the most daunting corners in all of North America. Yeah, certainly very difficult, different for someone like John Hennessy, who's never raced on, on this racetrack before. And Matt Dickin, I think he's driving on his mirrors at the moment. These last couple of laps, uh, John Hennessy's closed right in on the back of Matt Dickin's car. Matt's got a fair bit of experience. He's been driving in the, uh, the Pilot Challenge Series. He's done Lamborghinis now uh, for several years as well. But for John Hennessy, his first ever professional race, doing a good job to hang in there. I think the other thing these drivers need to get used to, Jeremy, those who don't have much time in these cars, is the anti-lock braking systems. And talking to the drivers over the years, the braking capability of the car and also the brake application and the method by which to do that to take advantage of not only the tires but the anti-lock brakes as well, going through those that Pirelli rubber, it's really something that you've got to get used to. Well, that's a very good point, isn't it? And uh, yeah, there is a lot to get used to in all of these cars. And this battle here for now uh, third position with Stuart Middleton, who's got a huge amount of experience, well, relatively a large amount of experience in these cars. He raced in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo Europe Series last year, finished third in that. Uh, And as a result of that, he's been invited to join the Lamborghini Young Driver Program, the youngster from Ashington in the UK, just 20 years of age, and holding on here ahead of Brandon Godovic, who's been doing this championship now for the last three years in North America. Yeah, you look at Middleton, he's one of those drivers, impressive. He's got a Janetta Winter Series championship over in the UK, a British GT4 championship, second in the European GT4 championship. So uh, again, as we talked about at the very beginning of the race, it's one of those deals where young drivers now really beginning to utilize this Lamborghini Super Trofeo Championship as a stepping stone. As I said, 
kind of gone is the idea that this is a gentleman's series where guys that uh, don't want to mix it up in the WeatherTech Championship come and just have a good weekend. That's not it. This is all about hard, hard racing and young drivers moving their way up, just like we see here with Matt Dickin and John Hennessy. Other drivers just here for the weekend, not making their living doing this, but living out a dream. It is cool. I mean, yeah, for, for all these drivers, you know, driving a car like this around a racetrack like Road America, that really is a dream for many, many people. And these guys are living their dream right now. John Hennessy, I had a brief chat with him this morning, and yeah, he's just loving driving this racetrack. He's done some racing, a little bit of racing, but low-key racing on the West Coast. He's been to Circuit America. He's done a, a test day there uh, with a with a Ferrari Challenge car. But for he, him here, first time at Red America, you know, it's an eye-opener. I mean, the fast corners here, very far, very quick straightaways. And there's three points on this racetrack right where they are now heading towards Turn 1, down into Turn 5 and into Canada Corner where these cars reach terminal velocity. And there's John Hensley looking to the inside of Matt Dickin, not quite close enough to make a move, but Matt Dickin, for sure knows that John Hennessy is there right behind him. Oh, he definitely knows that he's right there behind him. That was a 167, 168 mile an hour approach to turn one, then down the hill to three. And as we said earlier, 170 miles an hour by the time you get to turn five. Good stuff everywhere around the racetrack. Now, Middleton still running there in third. Godovic not letting him get away there in the 46 and look in the back of your shot. Corey Lewis still hanging there. But once again, Lewis with his experience, with his championships, he knows how hard to press and when to press. He knows that fight in front of him. He really doesn't want to have anything to do with it. If he can get through it easily and cleanly, that's one thing, but you certainly want to risk nothing as the opening driver by battling with a class that has nothing to do with your championship hopes. Speaking of hopes, well, you're right. Yeah, yes, exactly right. Here's, here's, uh, once again, John Hennessy really pressing the back of Matt, Matt Dickin. There's no question here that John Hennessy is faster than Matt, than Matt Dickin, who's fallen quite a long way back from our LB Cup leader, Randy Saleri, who's way out in front in the 0-3 car. But uh, this battle is is stout. And that battle also, you were just talking about for, th for third and fourth positions with... Uh, with uh, Stuart Middleton holding on there ahead of Brandon Godovic. For Stuart Middleton, you know, this is his first ever time at Road America, uh, but he's used to being thrown in at a deep end. In 2017, he won the GT4 Championship in the UK. He also won the Sunoco Whelan Prize. That got him an opportunity to drive in the Rolex 24 at Daytona. I mean, right into the big into the big leagues right away. And I tell you what, he was very impressive, was he not, Brian? You were there. He was very impressive that wheel and engineering Cadillac on its debut in the Imsa-Vertex Postcard Championship. He was indeed impressive, and you're talking about cars with high horsepower and high downforce. Well, there you go. You have one with that Whelan Cadillac. Out in front, though, Madison Snow, and we're closing in. The pit window should now be open. It'll be interesting to see when cars dive to pit road, and it's a long time on the pit road. You talked about it earlier, 99-second minimum pit stop for the teams running two drivers, 102 seconds if you are a solo driver. And I can't even imagine what it's like to sit there in the car for that period of time. It, the car doesn't have to stand still for that period of time. That's the minimum stop from the timing line at pit in to the timing line at pit out. And while it is a very long pit road and you're going to spend 
probably close to 25 seconds or so rolling through pit road. The rest of the time is sitting still. And for someone who's not getting out of the car, that has to seem like an eternity. Madison Snow out in front. And when we do see pit stops in the wheelhouse of the 16, Brian Sellers, former teammates with Madison Snow in the WeatherTech Championship, he will climb behind the wheel. And I think I saw Madison Snow dive to pit lane. Yeah, it looked like he was uh, diving at the, at the first opportunity there. Here comes Madison Snow onto pit lane, down to the 60 kilometer an hour speed limit that is all the way along the active part of pit lane. Uh, so this will be a, a relatively leisurely stop, not what they're used to, these two drivers, Madison Snow and Brian Sellers, in the InterWeatherTech Sports Car Championship, where, uh, where the seconds tick away and you can just make that change as quickly as you can. That's not the case here. A lot of these are gentleman drivers, plus you know, they're, they're trying to limit the number of people that are involved in having to run these cars. So they, 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 uh, they just make sure it's safe. Safety is a, is a key here for all these drivers. And Stephen Agacani, surprisingly to me, stayed out on the racetrack in car number six. He was holding up the number one, or, uh, excuse me, the, uh, no, he was, he, excuse me, start again. He had pulled out a, an advantage over the third and fourth place cars. So he's going to try and make use of this uh, free, free track time here, turn another couple of quick laps, and then hand over that number number six car to Jacob Edson for the second part of this race. So it was Stephen Argacani led across the line at the completion of lap 10. Former WeatherTech champion Brian Sellers heads out in the number 16, handed off to him that changed racing Lamborghini, of Lamborghini Charlotte. Handed over by Madison Snow. Snow started on the pole, led every lap. Now Sellers, what can he do? Can he get it to the checkered flag first? Pretty much everybody coming for the pit stop. And Jeremy, you just talked about Stephen Agakani staying out. And I have to kind of scratch my head a little bit. It's not a congested pit lane. But it is on the pit entry side of the long pit lane here at Road America, which means it's not quite as level if you're a little bit farther down. So Lamborghini in that area of the pits this weekend, perhaps they just didn't want to get caught up with anybody. But typically, if you're not running lap times that are faster than anybody else, if you're getting held up and everybody else dives in, well, then sure, if you can run a better lap time, stay out. But if you're not running better lap times, why not dive on in, put your teammate in the car and see if they can make up some of that ground for you. So scratching my head just a little bit with that decision on the number six from U.S. Racetronics. But Shane Centerverante, who heads that program at U.S. Racetronics, he's a lot smarter than I am, so I probably shouldn't question it too much. Yeah, that's a fair point. Actually, Stephen Agarconi stays out one more lap. He's now completed 11 laps, has not yet come onto pit lane. But here is the uh, number one. This is uh, Stuart Middleton. He will hand over this car to another very experienced British driver, Stephen McAleer, from, originally from Glasgow in Scotland. But he's been based in North America now for, for quite a few years and has built a, established a very successful career for himself over here. He's a, a, a very accomplished driver coach up at the Monticello motor racing park club up in upstate new york he's won an mx5 championship uh, in in masters he's won uh, races in the prototype challenge really successful driver and that is stuart middleton handing over that car now to stephen mcaleer for the final portion of this race yeah, it should be a very tough combination all year long and mcaleer one of my favorites i know i'm not supposed to have them as a journalist or a broadcaster but he's just such a friendly guy and so good behind the wheel 
He's also one of those guys who will be the first to raise his hand and say, yep, I made a mistake. And that's really kind of hard to come by in a sport where a lot of times drivers don't like to admit that. But McAleer is one of those guys and wicked fast in everything he drives. One of my favorite stories about him is winning the prototype challenge race at Sebring last year with a broken tooth. The racetrack's so rough there and it was giving him such a beating. He was biting down and gritting his teeth so hard he literally broke a tooth and had to race the next day with no painkillers. He said, I couldn't race with painkillers because then I would fail a drug test and I didn't want to be driving if I had any kind of an influence of any kind of a painkiller in my body. So I just had to tough it out and do it. Not only did he do it, he ran the entire race on his own and won, but he's just one of those guys now. Aga Kani, I believe. Indeed, so on to pit lane then for Stephen Agacani, Jacob Edson, the Pro-Am champion from last year who will take over the wheel of this Sada Lamborghini car number six for the US Racetronics team. Sellers out in front in the 16 now. He's taking that over from Madison Snow and you'll watch the order change as the pit stops happen and unfold. Be interesting to see how it all comes back together. Keep an eye on Sellers Here's where you make your money. How fast can you go? They had the lead when they pitted. They had the lead when they left. But can sellers extend it while the six is on pit lane? This is where you got to really reach down deep. And in that first or second lap behind the wheel, you need to see what kind of advantage you can grab. Through the kink, down the back straightaway towards Canada Corner. Upwards. 165 miles an hour or so down to third gear through turn 12 and then accelerate up no break for 13 this fast left hand kink coming up right there no break fourth gear 114 miles an hour as you approach it you slow down a little bit to about 102 and then through this corner turn 14 Big pavement change there, down to third gear, 72 mile an hour minimum through the corner, and then back in the throttle, grabbing gears all the way up the front straightaway and up to about 168 miles an hour by the time you get to turn one. And there is the number six. Gives you an idea of the laps that Sellers has put in. The gap, I don't remember right where it was, but it looks pretty much close to the same and perhaps although Jacob Edson may be a little bit closer to the back wing of the 16 than it, it was when they came in for pit stops but remember Edson is going to have to get up to speed now he is he's, he's going to take him you know just a, a few corners at least to get himself up to speed but a good good amount of experience in these cars of course uh, as Jacob Edson after winning dominating last year's Pro-Am Championship in Lamborghini Super, Super Trail good steady opening stint there for Stephen Agricani the gap between the number 16 and the number 6 car before the round of pit stops was begun a couple of laps ago when number 16 car of of uh, Madison Snow brought the car into pit lane was 4.2 seconds I'd say it's a little bit less than that now perhaps so this is going to be really interesting to see if Jacob Edson can close that gap to the battle to uh, to the leader ahead of him which is uh, which is Brian Sellers at the wheel now of car number 16 this is going to be an interesting battle two drivers the former winners of the Team USA scholarship a few years apart so young, a program that helps out young drivers the early stages of their careers both have gone on to great success Brian Sellers of course is a, a former champion in the Inter-Wear Tech Sports Car Championship 
And for Jacob Edson, he's won junior uh, open stepping up a week. Three Cup Championship three, two or three years ago, and last year's Lamborghini Super Pro Am title. Pit window should be closing soon, closing down on 20 minutes to go here from Road America. And Jeremy, if you are Jacob Edson, you want to win every race that you're in anyway. But right now, the rabbit in front of you is a former WeatherTech champion. For that young man in the six car right now, does that give you a little bit more fire in your belly to try to chase down somebody in front of you that, that you know is a former champion at the highest level of the sport? You bet it does. You bet it does. Jacob Edson, just, he's 25 years of age from Littleton, Colorado. But uh, he's, you know, he's got his, his eyes. You know, he wants to be a professional racing driver at the highest level. This is a good step towards that. He wants to be driving... Uh, back, it, it, well, back, wants to be driving prototype cars uh, as soon as he possibly can. But for right now, he's loving this opportunity to drive in the Lamborghini for the U.S. Racetronics team and driving with another hungry youngster like Stephen Arcani as well. That's going to drive both of these two youngsters on. That's a really good point. Your teammate is the guy you want to beat the most. So teammates that push each other can really drive their entry forward. Pardon the pun. 2.1 seconds at the line the last time by. So, Jeremy, you're right. Considerable difference than it was when they left. And you wonder if perhaps Brian Sellers didn't catch some traffic like he is right now. He's going to have to clear that traffic as they head up into the carousel. And here's what you don't know. As a guy like Brian Sellers who hasn't run in this series and with new drivers filling the seats of these cars, you don't know who you're racing against. And you're coming up into some of the most challenging corners on this racetrack. Do you make a move? Do you not make a move? And that can make it incredibly difficult. Sellers clears before the kink. Yeah, the gap as it came across the line last time, though, was 2.1 seconds. You remember, before the roundup, it was 4.2. Uh, that last lap for Jacob Edson uh, was, wasn't a representative lap because, of course, you remember, he came out of the pits there. Both of them putting a lap there on Matt Dickin. Matt Dickin must have had a, a slow pit stop because he's fallen not only behind John Hennessy, but also behind So I had to spin earlier on and lost a lot of ground. So Matt Dickin, then, in that kind of a 36 He's one lap down, and the count number six is Jacob Edson. He is in second place. He is chasing after Brian Sellers. Yeah, I was wondering about Matt Dickin because that car doesn't seem to really have the pace that it did before. It wasn't running at leader's pace, but uh, it was running better than that. So now both Sellers and Edson have gotten past Dickin, but another car in front. And this is the way it's going to be now to the checkered flag. You're going to have that occasional traffic in front that – it really depends on where you catch it as to whether it's going to work for you or it's going to work against you. This is where I believe that Sellers' experience comes in with multi-class racing. He's used to being passed. He's used to passing people. He's used to the pressure that comes with winning races like the Rolex 24, Sebring 12 Hours, Petit Le Mans. He's won them all. And so that pressure, he's used to having it on his shoulders this may not be the Rolex 24, but it's still another race win, and Sellers definitely wants it, but he's got his work cut out because he's going to have to get past lap traffic in front, and he's going to have to keep Jake Edson off of his rear wing. He, he, he is exactly right, and uh, this is going to be an interesting battle. Here's a battle going on a little bit further back, which is uh, Randy Soleri in the number 03 car. He is leading 
the LB Cup category. This is in the eighth position overall, but that is Leo Lamellas, I believe, who's looking to make a move down the inside. Oh, excuse me, it's uh, Victor Gomez, the fourth from Puerto Rico, who is running in the AM category, running alone in the AM category this weekend, trying to make a move there. Oh, wow. This is up front. This is for the lead, and they have caught traffic. And I believe it was McKee that Sellers caught coming into the kink, and it really has allowed Edson to be right there. Edson looking to the inside, heading into Cannon Corner. Is he going to force the issue? No, but you can be assured that the ABS going off in that Lamborghini is Edson almost up alongside the rear wheels of Brian Sellers. It is close now. You could throw the proverbial blanket over him. 16 minutes to go from Road America. It took a long time for the season to start. But it is here. And you talked about it just a few moments ago about how traffic can play a factor. And Brian Sellers could not have caught Sidney McKee in a worse position there, heading towards the kink. But uh, that gave uh, a huge head of steam for Jacob Edson. But uh, Sellers was able to maintain that advantage. But he's got his work cut out now. I said earlier on, he doesn't drive this. He's used to driving Lamborghinis, but not this particular car. He's got very little time in this car, as Brian says. He did come up for a test day here at Road America a couple of weeks ago. I don't think he did very many laps there. It was Madison Snow who did most of the driving. So this is a kind of a, you know, a steep learning curve, again, a relearning curve for Brian Sellers with Jacob Edson having a lot more, more current experience in this race car than he, Brian Sellers, our race leader. Well, and let me just tell you this. When you look at drivers who drive higher horsepower, higher downforce, more sophisticated machines, and then they take a step to the side or back a little bit, and I'm not in any way belittling the performance of this Lamborghini Huracan, but it's oftentimes difficult because you don't have what, you, what you're used to having in the higher category. I've talked to pilots who fly F-16s or F-35s, the most sophisticated fighter aircraft in the world. And I said, do you ever want to go fly like a Cessna or anything? And I, ha I remember one guy looked at me and he goes, I would crash. Without a doubt, I would crash. I went, come on, you, you fly this sophisticated fighter in the U.S. military. And he goes, it's been so long since I flew a plane like that with no aids or anything else. He goes, I I'm telling you, I couldn't do it. And he, it's really kind of the same thing. You get used to a certain level of grip, a certain level of horsepower, a certain level of braking. And if any of that changes, it takes you a while to get used to something that may not have quite as much. It's a challenge. And Jake Edson, you said it. He's very much more accustomed to this Lamborghini Huracan than Brian Sellers is. Sellers able to inch back out a little bit, but still the competition tight at Road America. It's round one of the 2020 season. Good lap there by Brian Sellers because uh, he was under intense pressure from Jacob Edson at the end of the previous lap where both of them are held up by the lapped car. That previous lap, by the way, was was three seconds away from the pace they had been running before they, they encountered that traffic. Now back up to pace again. A good lap there for our race leader, Brian Sellers. Two minutes, eight point seven two that's his best time since taking over the wheel of this car from madison so in the early stages and jacob edson he's well it's about a second between these two at the moment just uh, two or three car lengths and it seems to be closing as they head down downhill down the back straight towards turn five 
Sellers goes defensive. Edson looks to the inside. Nothing doing. The experience up front, but the youth and exuberance just behind. And Edson now looks to the inside in six, and you've got to really be aggressive if you're going to make it work there. This is good stuff. This is what Lamborghini Super Trofeo action is all about. Sellers trying to hold on for the victory. 13 minutes to go here from Road America in round one. Can Brian Sellers, Madison Snow return to victory lane this time together in Lamborghini Super Trofeo action? Brian Sellers with the lead through the carousel, but I wonder about the Pirelli tires on the 16, and perhaps Jacob Edson has a little bit better tire left because he's been able to close on Brian Sellers in some of the heavy braking zones and in some of the longer duration corners, he seems to have just a little bit better balanced car into Canada corner. Yet again, Sellers has managed to pull out maybe a car length this lap, Jeremy. Yes, he has. He's done. Uh, it, they're both driving these cars, you know, relatively conservatively. They know there's another race tomorrow, so there's they're just kind of learning here. Get some points under your belt. Don't don't throw it all away, because Jacob Edson a couple of times there came really close to having an opportunity or thinking about having an opportunity to pass Brian Sellers, but wisely didn't push the issue too hard. For for this this number six car, Jacob Edson and Stephen Agacani, they were originally planning to run in the Pro Am category this season. Uh, that's the category that Jacob Edson won last season. Stephen Agacani stepping up after coming within a point of winning the uh, AM Championship last season, but also winning the World Championship in the AM category. But they have decided at the last minute to step up into the pro into the pro class. So they are looking at the overall championship, of course. That is the, the, the Jacob Edson and Stephen Agacani. Is that second place? It was McKay Snow who won the AM category in 2019. You said it. Stephen Agacani finished second by just one point, and he missed the first two races of the year. So that shows you, had he been there, just how much harder McKay Snow would have had to work. But talk about snow. It could be a snowy day at Road America. If Brian Sellers can hold on and stay out in front of the six and take the victory, he and Madison Snow would share the victory, and McKay Snow leading right now in the number 63 change racing Lamborghini Charlotte in the Pro-Am category. Remember, Corey Lewis started the 63. McKay Snow is going to finish it. And I was told just a few minutes ago that in that test that you were alluding to earlier, McKay Snow did all the driving. Madison hadn't driven a car since March. So pretty impressive job that uh, Brian Sellers and Madison Snow are doing with very little seat time. This is a good battle. Good to see Matt Dickin in that green and black 87 out of the way because this battle on its way through, I think that was, is that the 63 in the one? It is. Stephen McAleer in the one. And this is multi-class racing. This is what we were talking about earlier, Jeremy. McKay Snow leading in the Pro-Am category. He is the leader. The car right behind him is Stephen McAleer, who's fourth in the Pro category. McKay Snow needs to understand that, understand he has no fight with the car that's behind him at all. That's right. And the opening part, the opening stint of this race, the number 63 car was a couple of positions behind the number one. Stuart Middleton was driving the number one car uh, then. These two cars both made their pit stops on lap 11, which is a lap later than some of the other contenders. Uh, but they've switched positions. And now it is, uh, is, it's McKay Snow who's in the number 63 car, as you say, leading the pro-arm category. And he definitely wants to... Uh, 
to, 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 to maintain that position. You're right. Look at the big picture. The championship is the important thing. So, so far as his championship aspirations are uh, concerned, it would not matter one iota if he fell behind Stephen McAleer. But hey, McKay's a, a young charger <laughs> and he wants to maintain that the best position overall that he possibly can. Yeah, you get to that point where you've got bragging rights now or championship bragging rights later, or maybe you can have both. And if you can have your cake and eat it too, why would you not? Brian Sellers leads from round one of the 2020 Lamborghini Super Trofeo North American Championship from Road America. McKay Snow in Pro-Am, Gomez in Am, and Randy Soleri leads in LB Cup. Stephen McAleer not letting go in that number one Prestige Performance Lamborghini Paramus entry, not letting up at all on McKay Snow, who's just in front of him. But we were talking about this just a moment ago. Same car, same Lamborghini, but different classes. And you got to be aware of that now beginning to catch the lap traffic of McKee in the 87 just in front of him. I believe that's her as they head into the carousel. Sydney McKee doing a good job, a little bit of a problem early on in turn three with a little bit of a spin, but her first professional race in the Lamborghini series, she's run other professional races in Michelin Pilot Challenge, but stepping up to a much higher horsepower, higher downforce car, and she's made a good show of it here, doing what she needs to do. Now she needs to be aware of these faster cars coming up behind. Yes, she does, and I'm sure the uh, the team will be on the radio uh, making sure that uh, she knows exactly who is closing up on her. And speaking of closing up, now Brian Sellers is going to have to deal with some more lap traffic, but he's been able to extend that lead over Jacob Edson just a little bit. It was 1.2 seconds last time by at the line, and that doesn't sound like very much, doesn't look like very much on the racetrack. But that's a lot more breathing room than he had just a few laps ago when Edson was trying to sneak by him. And now McAleer is right on the rear wing of McKay Snow as they head into turn one. Nothing doing. Snow late on the brakes, but the car washes out a little bit, perhaps too late on the brakes. And that's going to give McAleer the run down to turn three. But if Snow can get a good drive off of this corner, he may have the run down to turn five. What's up? Well, perhaps he may just look at it and go, okay, he got by. Now that he's by, let him go. Right, Jeremy? Or Willie? Down to turn five seems to be just a little bit more of a gap. So McAleer with the faster car. And it seems like once he's been able to clear a snow, he has been able to separate himself just a little bit. But that was a great battle while it was transpiring. Meanwhile, Brian Seller's still up in front and still extending his lead a little bit over Jake Edson. Good battle between these two continues here now with, uh, with just under six minutes remaining in this race. So probably another three more laps thereabouts. So Brian Sellers, who the lead out front is, is maintained Around about a second, just over a second last time, around 1.2 seconds. Last lap time for Brian Sellers, two minutes, 9.4, which is quite a bit slower than the pace earlier in this race. And I think these very tires, you know, they've been working hard for the last five minutes of this race, plus the qualifying session as well. 
Well, yeah, you think about the amount of time that the Pirellis have on them. You're not driving them in a low horsepower, low speed, low grip touring car. These corners, these cars corner it extremely well and the downforce that they have on them forces those tires into the racetrack which not only gives you grip but also wears the tires and perhaps jake edson did he back off just a little bit jeremy to cool those pirellis down a little bit because now he is beginning to close back up on sellers in that white 16 yeah i'm not sure whether they had uh, to negotiate a slower car there or slow slow down for some for some reason uh, because you're right, all of a sudden that gap is, it was down to less than a half a second as they came across the line. The lap time for Brian Sellers last time, around 2 minutes 10.5. He had been running in the eights, so it certainly cost him some time. But, you know, he's using all of experience now to keep Jacob Edson behind him. Well, and I talked about this earlier. It seems that Edson may better have the better balanced car at this point in time because through some of the longer duration corners, and in the braking zones, he seems to be able to close up just a little bit. Sellers in the white 16, Edson just behind him in that predominantly red with the black and silver accents, the number six from U.S. Racetronics in Lamborghini Beverly Hills. Edson, impressive young man. And here's what's upsetting to me, Jeremy. If I take Jacob's age and Stephen Agacani's age and put them together, they still don't equal mine. So you look at <laughs> you look at the young drivers in these cars, and as I said, it's pretty impressive. Not only the performance that they have, because young drivers can make a car go fast, but good young drivers need to have the mental wherewithal and the maturity to make good decisions. And we've seen good decisions today out of both Jacob Edson and Stephen Agakani. The experience of Brian Sellers out in front may be the deciding factor in this race because he's been able to work his way through traffic and set up the picks, if you will, so that they've been mostly advantageous to him. And he gains another two-tenths of a second that time by a little over three minutes. So two laps to go from here at Road American. Brian Sellers out in front. The 16 has been there since the drop of the green. Will it be in front at the checkered? Out of turn three and the long run down to turn five. The fastest speed that we'll see on this racetrack. These Lamborghini Huracans approaching 170 miles an hour before jumping on the brakes. You'll watch that front splitter almost on the ground in the braking zone. As Sellers in the ABS going down to second gear to get through that corner. Blast up the hill. One of the more challenging corners on the racetrack, although one of the slower corners turned six here, the left-hander at the top of the hill, a bit of an elevation change. You lose some grip flat out through the right-hand bend, turn seven, and Sellers dropping a wheel a little wide at the exit. Can Edson pounce? Sellers shuts the door. There may be a little contact there. Doesn't get much closer than that, does it? Coming <laughs> heading down the hill into turn eight, uh, Jacob Edson, um, the, the nose of his Lamborghini could have been, could have been no more than an inch or more from the tail of Brian Sellers' number 16 car for change racing. Two different teams, of course, change racing that leads the race. U.S. Racetronics in second place. Uh, both of these two teams hugely successful in Lamborghini Super Trofeo. There's a lot riding on this. I reckon it'll be white flag at this time by. Uh, and Brian Sellers, they seem to have really good good speed coming off the carousel through the kink and able to even extend his advantage just a little bit as they headed there into Canada corner. 
Well, we were just talking about Brian Sellers not having the balance in the 16 that the 6 has, and we saw it right there through turn 7. The car just sliding wide at the exit off that track out curbing through the grass, and then Edson looks up the inside, almost makes the move, and talk about youngsters making good decisions. Edson buried in the ABS but keeps the car pinned left, stays out of that diffuser off the rear bumper of Brian Sellers, and now Sellers just four miles to go to the checkered flag, but it's going to be a challenging four miles because Edson just four-tenths of a second back, and you feel like, I feel like anyway, Jacob Edson can mount an attack at just about any one of these breaking zones. Uh, I completely agree, and uh, you know, that, that that mistake by Brian Sellers at turn seven cost him a fair bit of lap time, two minutes 11 Point three, that last lap time for Brian Sellers. So uh, that's you know, three seconds away from the best laps he's turned earlier in this race. He's struggling there at the wheel of that car number 16 out in front, but he's not going to make. He's, he's going to make sure he keeps all the doors closed. If there's any chance at all, uh, Jacob Edson's going to have to be some pretty bold overtaking maneuver. Well, this is where it all went wrong for Sellers last lap through turn six. Then, as we said, it should be flat out through the right-hander through turn seven. Car's going to track out driver's left. This time, Sellers right on the marks. And you can tell Jacob Edson, no gain there at all. Sellers with a good run off the corner. And you'll watch Brian Sellers be defensive if he needs to. He's reading the movement of the car behind him a little bit. Tries to determine whether Edson's got a run, and if he does, he'll place the car in a more defensive position. He won't move if Edson's already moved because that would be against the rules, but he'll wait and kind of play the chess pieces as he needs to as they head through the kink. Sellers using all the racetrack there. He's just got about a mile and a half to go, and they can claim their first victory together in Lamborghini Super Trofeo. Sellers and Madison Snow, and Edson looks down the inside. That may have been the last gasp there because hard to get a pass done in turn 14. What can he do? He's lost a little bit with that kind of lunge up the inside there into Canada Corner, and now for Sellers, a good apex, a good line, a good exit out of 14, and then it's just a matter of shifting gears up the hill, and it looks like Brian Sellers, Madison Snow, in the number 16, that pure white number 16 is going to take the victory in round one of Lamborghini's Super Trofeo action from Road America, but what a great battle with Jacob Edson, and Edson, Agakani, they've made it a point that they are a force to be reckoned with, McKay Snow, being shown in the lead in Pro-Am. He and Corey Lewis could take a victory, and I would think Melanie Snow and the rest of that family celebrating big time in Road America if we end up with Snow's double winners here at Road America waiting for McKay Snow. There's the 36 of Dickon, and who's just behind him? I think that was McKee running towards the back of the pack. Checker flag is out, and what a race. As we said, not a deep field here, Jeremy, but the talent in this field has been impressive. It certainly has. And uh, this is uh, Randy Saleri heading toward the checkered flag as well to looking to win the uh, LB Cup category for, for Randy. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's never had a... Uh, an LB Cup win before. This is his 21st start in the Super Trofeo. It's been a, a perfect performance by him today for Change Racing, uh, representing the Charlotte Lamborghini dealership. And he's led all the way 
in the LB Cup category. And the same for uh, Madison Snow, who has already taken a checkered flag. He did fall behind Stephen McAleer in the overall. Uh, so Stephen McAleer finishing in fourth place in Carnival Wonder. Fifth place overall, first in the Pro-Am category for McKay Snow in that number 63 car, sharing with a three-time Forum Series champion, Corey Lewis. Great stuff from Road America. Round one, we had to wait till August. We had to wait 284 days to see Lamborghini action back on track in North America, but it was worth waiting for. And if what we saw today is any indication of what we have to come, round two tomorrow from Road America should be just as exciting. And it makes you want to definitely look forward to the rest of the series. One of the most popular, one of the most impressive one-make series in North America. Don't miss a lap of it. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.